The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hello, and welcome to Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. Elisa Cobb is a co-director of Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy. She has more than 20 years of combined practice and teaching experience in fitness, health, consulting, body, mind, and movement practices, yoga, and yoga therapy. She has a master's degree in embodiment studies, is a certified advanced Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy practitioner, yoga teacher, and group facilitator. She's also an ACSM certified personal trainer. Elisa studied with Karen Haskarl and Michael Lee for several years and now leads Phoenix Rising training programs worldwide. She's also an active speaker at body-mind industry conferences. Her book, The Forgotten Body, A Way of Knowing and Understanding Self, was published in 2008 and is the topic for our discussion today. Welcome, Elisa. We're so glad to be able to have you talk to us today about The Forgotten Body. Thank you. It's really nice to be included. Okay. Well, we do want to include the body in our spiritual understanding of life. One of, that's one of the things I think that is problematic in that one of our archetypal images is that, that of the body or the flesh as weak, and not only weak, but the source of all of our sinful or errant behaviors. What are your thoughts about that archetype? Well, I agree that it exists, and I think it's part of why I was drawn to write the book, because, you know, when I was really small and growing up in my, in my family of origin, that was the archetype that the body got. It was either um, a problem to be outlived, um, or it was uh, something to be um, um, embarrassed about or um, didn't quite ever have a picture, a, a way for it to fit into um, a healthy life. And so in, in my own experience, though, of having a body, that just didn't feel true to me. It didn't feel like the way it really was. And so part of my quest was to befriend my body and make some peace with it and learn to welcome it. And when I did that, I discovered that it could be an incredible source of understanding and knowing myself that my body could actually be a very beloved teacher to me. Hmm. Well, that's, a, that's a real transitional thinking that we have there because that does fly against the teaching of so much of our ethic, even with regard to you know, not with regard to religion, but secularly we think in terms of body image, which I think it's interesting that we put those two words together because they're a bit oxymoronic. And, <laughs> uh, and we put the form of the body next to the image of the body as if they belong together and that the only purpose of the body is, is image. And I think that's really so wrong-minded and has us really 
um, really kind of distorted about that whole idea of the body. And I think that's so much of the psychology behind eating disorders is about sort of punishing the body for its supposed sins you know, or, or just for living in earthly pleasure. Do you agree with that? I do agree. And, you know, as soon as you use the word image or I use the word image, it, it tends to evoke what I imagine my body to be versus what it actually is. Right. You know, and so I, I, if I come at myself, if I hold myself with whatever I'm imaging, that doesn't really make me right <laughs> about it. But when I can turn to my body and be in the moment with what's really there, the truth of what my body is and has to offer in its reality in the moment is probably quite different than the image that I might have been creating all along. Right, right. So how do, you, how do you compare form, the form that actually is the body, to the image of the body? How do we do that? Well, I'm not sure that I would use the word compare, although it might work in that, you know, if I were to sit and um, get a real sense of the image of my body that I've been holding and then actually find a way to sit in a quiet space and move my body, feel my body, be actually in my body rather than seeing its image, but feel the liveliness of it or whatever else is happening in there and notice thoughts and feelings and all of that sort of thing that goes around with taking the time to just check in to see what's happening right now. Because what's happening in the moment is probably very different than the story that I'm used to telling myself. So if I gave an example of that, you know, in, in one um, moment of me um, having an image of my body a particular way, I'm making up a story about what I think my body is. But if I can instead go inside and tangibly make contact with my eyes closed so that it's more an internal sense that's going on rather than just a visual image, that I might actually then be able to notice, you know what? what I thought about myself, my story about myself, isn't exactly what I'm really discovering when I tune in here. That it's very different that I'm, I may be feeling stronger physically than I ever thought I was. The aches and pains or whatever I imagine might be there might not really be there after all. Okay, so is that a little bit like, you know, I've heard people talk about meditation where you sort of allow your um, mind to go under the pain so that you find the peace that's under the pain. Is that what you're talking about? Um, well, yes, but the thing is that I have to first be willing to let whatever pain is there actually be there. Okay. So before digging around to find out what's under it, it really would serve me better to actually let it be just the way it is and get to know it. Right. Because when I try to push something aside, then that puts me back in my story. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the whole adage of that, that one resists persists. So if I either try to resist whatever is painful for me or if I try to just sort of tuck it in a drawer for the sake of looking beneath it to try to find its root, then that just gets really, really frustrating because the pain's still there. But if I can be present to it in some way, if I can quiet myself enough to say, you know what, right now in this moment, there's some pain. 
And if I really just sit with it and listen to what it has to tell me, um, it will soften and reveal why it's there all on its own. It's not the kind of thing that one can push and demand um, in order to find the root to it. The root presents itself as I sit and wait and be patient and just let it be what it is without trying to fix and change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get a lot of resistance to that? Are there people that most, most people are going to say, I don't want to sit with my pain? <laughs> um, sure. I mean, I think that's, we're humans. That's human nature to want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I mean by that resistance. Mm-hmm. And, and it is human, but we can do it. And here's what I think happens, and I'll just say this because I know it happens to me, and that's that um, there comes a point in time, like if I say I don't want to look at my pain, it's a done deal, it's not going to go away. It's always going to be there until I do look at it. So it's probably also going to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger each time I try to push it away. And Sooner or later, it sort of gets to the point where it's like, you know what? Dealing with this is going to be a whole lot less painful than living with it. And that's a great point. I mean, it's really a point that I've been at several times in my life with different types of my history um, and my life. And when, when getting to that point, that's like the richest territory ever because it feels like, okay, I'm tired of this. My resistance can't me up anymore so it's time to just let things be the way they are and then as soon as I do that as soon as my intention goes in that direction things start to shift and change all on their own and everything gets easier but the resistance is what stands in the way of really having the life that I want or having the life that I'm forcing myself to have because of that resistance Mm Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the um, commercial that used to be on. I guess it was about 10, 12 years ago. I haven't got time for the pain with uh, yeah. singing, the singing in the background. I haven't got time for the pain. Right. Yeah, and and so what you're essentially saying is that that pain has some kind of message to give us. Absolutely. Okay, can you give uh, the audience uh, an example of, of how what kind of messages we might get from pain? <laughs> yeah, I'll... I'll give one that is kind of comical in a way because, you know, I I could use some of my own, but I actually think other people's experiences are also maybe even more valuable. And um, I'll give an an example of my husband who is a downhill skier and he's been on a ski patrol here in Vermont for, oh golly, almost 40 years now. And and it's, it's the kind of situation where he loves to ski, but the people that he works with um, make the, the political end of being on ski patrol a little bit on the edgy side. And so he, this winter, was spending about three weeks getting ready to go skiing, and he had the most incredible pain in his low back and hip area that he had ever had in his life. And this was, you know, no... No injury there, nothing that, you know, could make the pain be there that he could figure out. And um, he's been listening to me for years talk about all this, you know, listen to your pain and, and your body can be a teacher stuff and very supportive. But, you know, I just always wondered if he was really in agreement with me. And he ended up working through and being with this pain and finally came to one day say, you know what, 
um, all those people I work with are such a pain in the butt. And then he realized in saying that 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 actually that's what was happening in his hip, was that he was carrying all this dread of wanting to go and deal with workplace and people that just weren't congruent with how he wanted to live his life or how he wanted things to be. And it was such a huge awareness to him. So he could have just, you know, gone to the doctor and said, what's wrong with my hip, which is sometimes a really good idea too, of course. But instead he chose to look at it metaphorically for something that was going on in his life. And when he did, guess what happened to the pain? It went away all by itself. Okay, so that pain was really telling him something about his life. That's right. Okay. Do you think it's always that way? Oh, no. No, I think it's... There are times when, you know, pain is really pain, um, and I have an incredible respect and put a lot of value on the professionals, medical professionals in this world that help us work with those things. Um, but I don't think there's any such thing as a purely physical experience, that even though there's good reasons for the pain to be there physically, there's probably some accompanying learning that goes along with that at the same time. Okay. All right, well, we're going to take a break now, and we'll be back in just a moment with Elisa Cobb. Awakened Media for a Transforming World, 7th Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. 
Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back now, and we're talking with Elisa Cobb about her book, The Forgotten Body, A Way of Knowing and Understanding Self. And just before the break, Elisa, we talked about um, the idea that some pain is just pain. It's not telling us a message about our lives. It's just pain. So what do you, what do, you do about that kind of pain? Well, pain is, you know, in any way that it comes, pain is a message to pay attention to something. Right. Okay. That something needs to be cared for. So, you know, following through with whatever um, sort of medical or allopathic, um, allopathic or naturopathic physician or um, health caregiver seems like the place to begin to address that pain because, of course, you know, things happen. You want to make sure that all the parts of your body are healthy. But I think all of that can still be enhanced by really holding an awareness around that there probably are other factors at work at the same time. So combining that deep um, inward listening and checking in with, you know, what what the pain might be having to say that's um, more metaphysical or metaphorical for how we're being in our life and in relationships at the same time, that that's only going to help whatever other healing or um, care we are needing to accept from the outside when we can combine that with the way that we be with ourselves on the inside. So we get the best of both worlds in handling that situation, and that can only be good. Okay. So you said also that, the, that the, it's a way of knowing yourself. Yeah. Say some more about how we get to know ourselves through the body. Well, one of the things that I really was setting out to do when I began, you know, this own um, quest for knowledge and understanding about myself was to really um, try to get in touch with the part of me that was the most authentic part of myself. Like, who was I really? Um, Why was I here? You know, sort of the bigger question sort of thing. And how was I to be in the world? What was my purpose in being here? Well, I couldn't really figure that out without spending a lot of time really connecting inwardly with um, not only my physical body, but my emotions, my thoughts, what felt right to me, what felt right for me, um, what felt right about me. And when I say right, I mean in an individual sort of way, not in a right to please other people sort of way, but from the inside out. Um, and what, I, what happened to me in that quest was the more I looked at the layers of who I was, the more I worked through the layers of my own experience, the, way I, the, the more I spent time um, peeling away 
um, things that it was time for me to let go of in favor of creating new things and making my life the way I wanted, the closer I got to the core of my being, which was my spiritual self, my soul, um, and the more I worked with all those other human layers through my physical body, I'll, I mean, I, you can't be human without a body. That's how we know, you know, the difference between us and something that's bigger than us. So I was able to work my way into the core of who I am and actually have a felt sense in my physical body that connected me to the rest of the universe, to um, what, however you would want to address God or spirituality or soul. I didn't have to look outside of myself to find that, that I could actually have an embodied felt sense of that level of divinity right in my own heart, right in my own soul. Um, and that was incredibly empowering for me and incredibly comforting and incredibly um, integrating in that I could maybe be both. Maybe I could be a little focal point of divine light walking around in a human body. And maybe I could keep remembering that that part of me existed because I had a body that I could sit down and say, yes, this is me. This is my human body. It has a lot to tell me. It has information. And, and somewhere in the exact cells of my body, not somewhere out, outside, but somewhere in me, is that kind of deeper wisdom that, um, that keeps bringing me back to who I really am and what's really important. Right. So the internal journey then is to really tune in not just to the spirit and the soul, but also to the body. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And in terms of um, when you said I had a felt sense of connection to the other, uh, other world, is, is there an internal felt sense of connection to the body with the soul? I mean, are those two connected? Oh, I think they're definitely connected. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's possible to separate one from another, even though um, it might seem easier to make a connection with one than the other, I don't think it's possible to separate them out because in reality, they're not separate. Mm -hmm. They look different, they feel a little different, but separate is a whole different ballgame. Everything's connected to everything else somehow. Right. And that, you know, that is, I think, a primary issue in what we were talking about at the very beginning of the program, too, that whole idea that, as religions very much have taught us, as the, the age of reason has taught us, that we are somehow to separate those two, that the body is yeah. bad and, and it's not supposed to be a part of the thing and we're supposed to be praying to be uh, pure and the body will keep us from being pure. And right. And so that does, it, it tells us that we are separate and there, we do split off. Um, yeah. And that split off, I think, is, is, is what you're referring to when you say we've forgotten our body. Right. Okay. Yeah. Almost like it's not, can't even hardly tell that it's there unless it makes us sick or hurts. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, let's get rid of that <laughs> instead of welcome it in. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it is a process of slowing down and stopping and remembering and learning how to to feel our bodies again and and 
you know, even just that word remember, remember, to reconstruct, to put the members, the, our parts back together and, and go, you know what? Yep, it's, it's really here. I do have a body. I, I can't um, say the number of times, you know, when I might first start working with a client or with a student and, and ask them to close their eyes and notice their body and it's almost impossible at first. Like just the whole notion of trying to find a sense of what it is to feel physical can be quite foreign at first, but we can do it. We all have the power to to remember. It does sometimes take a little time. There's a bit of a learning curve sometimes to being able to to really go, this is what I'm actually experiencing in my body versus this is what I'm expecting to experience when I go and visit my body. Okay, so how does yoga help us to experience our bodies? Well, one of the great things about yoga is that it, um, you know, there's so, it's a huge, huge topic, yoga, and there's so many different um, ways of studying built into yoga, but one of the ones that's very important is that there is a way to move your body in and out of different positions and postures. And each of those positions and postures, while they have definitely physical effects, also have metaphysical effects. So, for instance, if I um, really stand up or sit up really, really tall and I roll my shoulders back and down and I broaden the front of my body, I broaden across my chest, I broaden across my belly, the metaphysical effect of that can be either a sense of, of feeling in the moment slightly more open-hearted and compassionate or maybe even feeling slightly more vulnerable or too open, like experiencing some sort of openness or a reaction to being open in that moment. Um, so it starts to elicit the different kinds of movements that yoga um, contains can start to open us up to thoughts and feelings from starting at that physical perspective and then moving upward. So if I were going to give just another example, let's say I was in one of those open-hearted kind of postures where my chest was broad and open, and I might, in the moment of being in there and breathing with it, all of a sudden start to have a little bit of tear, maybe feel a little vulnerable. And if I were to discern that another layer, I might go, oh, you know what, I actually feel a little vulnerable in the relationship that I'm in right now. And then if I were to discern that a little more, I might be able to say, you know what, this relationship doesn't feel like it's serving me. I don't really feel myself in this relationship. I don't feel like I can show up fully. And then from there, I might actually go out and make a change in my life that supports me. So that's kind of, you know, a speed, speeded up version of what could happen from a yoga practice if one does it in a way that it's not about the pose, but about my, my physical experience of being in that pose and then the layers of that that I can look at if I want to, to connect out into my life. So beyond that physical practice, yoga provides a way of knowing oneself through one's body so that one can then... Um, change one's philosophy to match and be more congruent with how one really wants to be in the world. That's beautifully put. 
Very beautifully put. Thank you. That was a clear answer. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a break again, and we'll be back after the break with more of Elisa Cobb, who has written The Forgotten Body, A Way of Knowing and Understanding Self. We'll be back in just a Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desk, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit A-I-H-T dot E-D-U. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. And today we're talking to Elisa Cobb, who has written The Forgotten Body, A Way of Knowing and Understanding Self. And just before the break, Elisa, you gave us a beautiful definition of, of uh, how we can tune in to, the bo- to what the body is trying to tell us and what, how, how we can use yoga to do that. 
And I guess I want to talk a little bit more. You mentioned the the pose, not trying to get into the position or, or, or hold the pose with yoga. I know that's one of the things that we hear a lot about when we hear about um, yoga and the sort of pop magazines and TV and all that. So I kind of hear you saying that what it is is more of an internal reflection on what you're feeling in the body that also puts you in touch with what you're feeling in the in the emotions or the soul. Yeah, I and I really do... Um, I believe that because that's my experience of it. Um, and I say that not in a way to try to belittle another type of experience where it can be um, incredibly gratifying to work with postures and and have it be about the execution of the posture. And, and I have great respect for people who can really use their bodies in ways that are quite miraculous in yoga postures. But I like that yoga can be accessible to anyone, regardless of the uh, amount of of knowledge they have or body ability they have. And the way that I think that it works the best is when instead of there being an ideal way to execute the posture or an ideal way to be while you're in a posture, that maybe I could just find my own way and whatever that is for me, um, switch, uh, flip the switch on making it so that my focus isn't the posture itself and the technique, but my focus is what do I experience inside my body, inside my own self when I'm in that particular posture? What do I notice about my, my physical sensations, my breath, my emotions, my thoughts, and all of that, and all of that will help bring me closer to knowing who I am and and how I am in my life, because however I'm showing up in my yoga practice is also how I'm showing up in my day-to-day life. And if I can discern and draw those lines, I can learn so much about myself, and I can make such a difference in my own life, because really my, mo- my best teacher is already inside me, and I don't need to always look outside for that advice. Sometimes I need to but there are also many times when I actually already know what I need to know. I just haven't taken the time to listen to myself about it. So one way that I often coach postures is to see about receiving yoga rather than doing it. Like maybe there's a way that I can allow this yoga posture to come into my body and have the experience of it in my own unique way versus forcing my body into the yoga posture the way I think it's supposed to go. Mm. That's a very uh, clear distinction there. And and I think that force, that concept of force, is one of the things that fits with the whole idea of the age of reason that we're supposed to sort of force ourselves into some kind of code or ethic or way of being that is spiritual, and, and that's how we get there. And I think what you're saying is so much more true. It's a more... Um, actually more to a feminine approach, a psychologically feminine approach to to the whole idea of psychology and spirituality that we receive from the inner self yeah. information rather than that we force our lives into some kind of form. So that fits right. very well with that psychology. Okay, so um, Phoenix Rising in particular, what is the what is the distinction between Phoenix Rising yoga and other types of yoga? Well, in Phoenix Rising Land, so we like to say, um, 
I think how we're different from other forms of hatha yoga in a regular class or how we might be different from other forms of yoga therapy comes in a couple ways. And one is that um, we tend to fall more on the line of that the client coming in or the student coming in is already kind of the expert, kind of the teacher, um, and that whoever how we show up as a Phoenix Rising Yoga teacher or a Phoenix Rising Yoga therapist is more to facilitate um, that person to draw from within themselves that expert and that teacher. So our approach, rather than to be prescriptive from the outside in, in other words, to always say what to do and how to do it, is to be somewhat instructive. Of course, there has to be some instruction in the process um, in order for things to be safe and to get ball rolling, but to be um, totally um, not instructive with the outcome. So we could say a Phoenix Rising Yoga teacher or therapist is 100% in charge of guiding the process, facilitating the process, but the outcome is going to come from the student or from the client rather than um, the outside um, uh, facilitator in Phoenix Rising inputting so much stuff that there's no more room for that particular student or client to then have, uh, create their own outcome the way they want it to be. And the other thing is that Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy um, also um, relies on and is built on the ancient teachings of yoga, but also combines elements of Western psychotherapy in there so that people not only have a chance to have experiences, but they have a chance to verbalize about them, which makes them more clear, more real, um, and uh, and just being able to be witnessed in one's process can be an incredibly supportive um, way to, to have your own experience and your own reality validated in the moment, and that in itself can be incredibly healing. Yep, yep, absolutely. That's one of the things that I'm just a psychotherapist, not a yoga therapist, but one of the things that I learned early on was that witnessing, bearing witness was one of my primary jobs, was just to be a, a witness bearer for people so that they Absolutely. could as a mirror. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so I'm, I know that I'm not a, a yoga expert by any means, but I do practice my own form of yoga. And one of the things that I've discovered in my own practice is that I... I want to let my body move like it wants to move instead of trying to decide for it how it ought to move. Yeah. And what I've discovered, interestingly enough, is that I will, my body will get into certain positions because that's what it wants to do. And I'll find out later that that's one of the yoga positions. Yeah. yeah. Which is very interesting to me. Yes. Well, somebody made this stuff up sometime. Yeah. Along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it, and a lot of the yoga postures, you know, did come out of spontaneous practices, just like you say. So I often say one of the best ways to do yoga practice is to lay down on your mat and start somewhere. Tune inside and let the movement come from the inside out. If you really tune in and listen, your body will tell you what it needs to do. And then if you pay attention and stay curious and be a witness to yourself as you let your body move the way it wants to move, you're going to start to notice other things. Other doors of awareness will open like thoughts or feelings or images or memories or questions or wonderings. Um, if you stay present and curious, it's, it's incredible what can happen in even 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
You know, one of the things that has become very um, um, popular in over the past 10 years has been trauma therapy with regard to using the body or touch or movement, body work, to actually get in touch with trauma. Um, I am very cautious about re-traumatizing, you know, because I think we can get stuck in the trauma rather than just working past it. But how, how would you see yoga in that regard with regard to trauma? Well, I guess I come from the belief that um, our, our bodies are really smart and I trust my body more than I trust my brain mm-hmm. when it comes to um, telling me what I'm ready for and what I'm not ready for. So it's been my experience that I won't go into territory if I'm not being pushed from an outside um, source, another person is not suggesting or telling me what I should explore or what I shouldn't explore. I, I'm not going to head into territory on my own unless I'm really ready to do it. So if I'm paying attention to my body and I'm taking what it's telling me, I'll only go so far as I'm ready to bring into my consciousness and deal with in that moment. Um, and if I'm not ready, I'm, I trust that it's not likely to happen when it's coming from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So if I'm ready for it and it's coming from inside me and not because another person is directing it out of me, I'm much more likely to be able to be with whatever it is that's happening in the moment. Um, and if I use my body to support that, there's likely going to be physical sensation and physical edges that are paralleling whatever that traumatic experience is. And so if I'm paying attention and I'm not being pushed, then I can let my body take me only as far as I'm ready to go in that moment. And that's okay because there's plenty of time. It's not like it has to be rushed. But, But experiencing it through my body is way more... Um, it's way more meaningful to me, it's way more integrative to me, and it's way safer for me than just having it be without my body being present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that reminds me of so many uh, times when I'm working with tra- survivors of trauma, they, uh, there is a tendency to sort of leave the body Sure. Part yeah. of practicing safety or getting to a safe place in the mind yeah. or in the head or in, up above the body and, you know, out-of-body experiences. Yeah. So being in the body, then, from your perspective, is a safer place. Especially when you combine it with being in the now because whatever's happening right now isn't the same as what was happening before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we're talking to Elisa Cobb. We're going to be back in just a mo- moment with more Authentic Living. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. 
When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, AIHT. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn. So follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back. Uh, This is Authentic Living, and this is Andrea Matthews. We're talking today to Elisa Cobb, 
who has written the book, The Forgotten Body, A Way of Knowing and Understanding Self, and that's the topic of our discussion today. We have been talking about yoga and about body and how the body is very wise and can be our teacher and and how we can tune in and listen to the body. I want to offer our listeners a a way of getting in touch with you, a way of buying your book, and some information about your website. Sure. Um, uh, Website is www.pryt, as in phoenixrisingyogatherapy.com. Um, you can um, contact me directly in Vermont at 802-453-27... I'm sorry, I'm giving you my home number. That's probably not a great <laughs> idea. 802-453-6444. That's the number of Phoenix, Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy in Vermont. Um, and the book is available on Amazon.com or through Satcha House Publications, which is www. S-A-T-Y-A-H-O-U-S-E dot com. Okay. Do that last one again. W-S-A-T-S-A-T-Y as in yoga, A, and then house, H-O-U-S-E dot com. All right. Okay. So if you are out there listening and you would like to have a copy of of uh, Elisa's book, then you can go to Satya House or you can go to... Uh, uh, P-R-Y-T, or if you'd like to talk with her, you can call her at her phone number, 802-453-6444. And the book is also available at, at, on Amazon.com. And the book is available on Amazon.com, absolutely. Okay, well, you know, I want to ask a little bit more about trauma. During the break, we were talking a little bit about that, and you gave a very clear explanation. I want to say... Um, sometimes when people are working with the body, the body remembers a trauma. Yes, and uh, one of the things that you said during the break is that uh, two things. One, it is safer to remember a trauma through the body because the body is form and it doesn't want to escape from itself. And two, uh, or that's my interpretation of what you said. And then two, to stay in the now. And that you know, one of the things that we got taught as psychotherapists, we got taught uh, long ago that one of the things people had to do with the trauma was go back and relive it. And I don't agree with that theory at all. And um, and many of us have now discarded that theory in favor of staying in the now because we already survived those traumas and don't need to have to go back and relive them. And I find that so many people, once they do that, memory work, as they call it, they stay stuck in the past. They don't really move past it. Yeah. So... um, Say some more about the body uh, remembering trauma and what to do if that happens. Well, I think, you know, first of all, our bodies were with us when the trauma happened, whatever it was. But probably for some reason, and who knows why, there's hundreds of reasons why, we might not have gotten to really to process or to talk about or to make any kind of sense of or in any way, shape, or form, actually let go of whatever it was that happened to us. So our bodies will take over and remember all of that, just like it was. Um, But our bodies are also with us in the now, like you say. So if my body's ready to remind me, tell me, give me the opportunity to, in the now, take charge of what I couldn't take charge of at the time of my trauma, and deal with it in the now from a different 
perspective, from the perspective of a witness, um, looking things up in the library of the body again, um, that I could actually maybe in this new moment, in the now, um, remember what happened in such a way that I could let it go, move through it, move past it, and, um, and release what's been held in my body for a really, really long time. Until I do that, that, the healing that somehow I've been wanting probably has been beyond my grasp. But when I can do it through my body, it's much more, makes more sense, and it's happening in the now and not then, and, and I, can, I can heal myself in that process in a way that feels, you know, more gentle and within my control because it's happening now and not back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so being in the now is a part of being in the body then. Absolutely. In your awareness. You know, that sensitive element of the body is one of those things that I find just by itself, in and of itself, to be somewhat healing, that if I can focus on body sensation, my mind calms down. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So so that, so that present-day awareness of, you know, uh, I had a client many years ago say, that she had figured out how to get behind her eyes. And I thought that was a beautiful description of what it's like to really be in your body, in, in, present in your body, in the now, and look from there to the outside world rather than trying to formulate an image of what the outside world would want us to see and trying to see that. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Sounds great. Yep. So, so in terms of um, yoga work, you would encourage people to really listen to their body and try to tune in beyond just listening to the body, tune in to what the body is informing us of in terms of emotion and spiritual awareness. Absolutely. And also to just consider the possibility of, you know, as you do that and as you notice things, to, to broaden out the, like a bigger picture kind of awareness so it's not just about the physical sensation alone, but things that go with that. Like, is there, is there an emotion that's associated there, a thought pattern, a belief that's associated with what you're noticing in your body? Like, to just to widen it out and step back and start to let your body speak. The body speaks to us sort of in a poetry, um, not um, really always literally, but sometimes more metaphorically. So to just let as many doors of awareness open as possible and see what happens. Notice what happens and, and um, learn from the inside out. So metaphorically would mean that it, your body might present an image then? Sure, absolutely. Okay. You never know. Okay, well, we've been talking today to Elisa Cobb, who's the co-director of Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy and has written the book for Your Forgotten Body, A Way of Knowing and Understanding Yourself. Thank you so much, for Lisa, for being on our show today. And we're going to be talking next week to Rabbi Sherry Hirsch, the author of We Plan, God Laughs. And we're going to be talking about how to divine your own path. So tune in again next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.